and welcome back to Blanket Fort Books. This is MC Hot Waffle, and you're going to hear us do a lovely episode about a lovely movie that we all got to watch together, yet separately. Who else do we have on the podcast today? Hey, I'm Whitney. It's my first episode. Welcome to the first episode of BFB. Just kidding. This is episode 19. What? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yes. Who else does this with us? I forget. Me too. Hi, I'm Jake, and I'm new to the podcast. Um, I'm replacing Gabe because he was really boring and low energy, so I'm here to provide, hopefully, a better experience. Oh, yes, yes. Anyone named Jake is the definitely the most interesting person. Yeah. Can't wait to be- hear your a, input. <laughs> a more accessible name to put on the description. Yes. Yes. Change one four-letter name for another four-letter name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how it's done. I hope next week we get a Kyle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and we'll, then, like, we'll get Dawn. exciting Kyle. Zeke. Mm. Oh, Zeke. Oh, I can't wait for Zeke. He's he's so fun. Quirky I Zeke. I already don't like Zeke. Zeke's not allowed to come. He'll he'll have to get canceled <laughs> at some point. He'll he be good is. until he says something problematic on the podcast. Oh, homophobic Zach. Yeah, homophobic Zach. <laughs> he he needs his own podcast. Yeah, just you are in for a treat of revolving white men. Get ready. All right. We'll link it in our description of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so before we jump into the movie that we watched, which, by the way, I was in it, and I did a fantastic job in my own opinion. You did. You let's agree? let's applaud Rachel's performance as the, the main character in Ammonite. Yay, I'm high. clapping. I don't know if you can hear it. Thanks. One of her latest um, performances, in fact. Yeah, I was busy, 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 but um, now I have time to do episode 19 with you guys, because that's my true passion as a British film star. Mm -hmm. Um, But before we get into that, um, let's talk about what the heck we were into this week. Hey, Gabe, what the heck were you into this week? You're not going to believe what I'm into this week, actually, because media. it is. It is a particular piece of media that I I'm, I had a reawakening to, and just how good it is. Are you ready? Oh, I'm, I'm ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. I don't I don't know how to reveal it. I wish I could just show you, but it's a particular album by a particular artist. Okay. Called "Speak Now" from 2010. Uh, <laughs> you know what is so weird about that? What? God. This past week, I have been blasting 1989. Oh, I'll work my way up there, probably. Oh, oh my gosh, we're the same person. Anyway, keep going. No, I've been listening to a ton of Taylor Swift, too. Like, why are we all on the same wavelength? Well, I mean, like, we've been talking about it with one another casually, but I think my growth journey or whatever this is, like right now, I've reached Speak Now. Okay, well, that is a fantastic album. Oh, 10 out of 10. Well, I have to like go back because I don't think I ever really listened to Speak Now all the way through. And now that I listen oh. to it now, I'm just like, this is her epic. This is what, like, it's long. 
And I feel like it's almost to its benefit and how long it is because she really doesn't hold back. And I don't think there is a, I don't think there's any songs I'd consider bad on it. They're all good in some way. And the, like the first like six tracks of the album is just like hit, hit, hit. It's uh-huh. like emotional and you can belt along to all of them. And I don't know. I think, I think this one deserves some appreciation and I'm not really familiar with her earlier catalog either. So I will oh, explore that treats. because yeah. mm-hmm. I, I do think 1989 is pretty good. And I also think folklore and evermore is pretty good. And that's, that's pretty much it. That's all I know. And I know her singles, but speak now was really good. If you haven't heard it would recommend. I unfortunately yeah. experienced that album in the worst way possible when I was working retail at a local business <laughs> and all they had was an old CD blaster and this is the only CD they had. Oh no. So, oh. so I just remember that on loop for like eight to 12 hours a day. I just think that it's like amazing that she like does not care and continues to like shade men that she's dated and like bring it up because she gets shamed so hard for it and she like doesn't care because it's such like a double standard yeah and they're not they're not even people make a good big deal and they're not even like they're not even slanderous because she doesn't make them out to be the worst people in the world yeah but she's (laughs) like she's been trying to make this point since like her literally like her very first album and like it's kind of taken until now for people to be like oh okay yeah everyone does that taylor swift's not like like i feel like everyone in like 2021 is like having a moment when they were teenagers and they hated taylor swift they're like oh that was like internalized misogyny like okay like she's just been doing what men have done for years and i was shitty for hating taylor swift well yeah like she was seen as like because she was so young too it was not good because the media tried to paint her out as like this this person that's definitely gonna write a song about you if she doesn't like you and it's gonna she's gonna cancel you via song and then that's and that then brought along blank space in 1989 (laughs) and where she just embraced it and was like well you know what fuck you guys i'm gonna play this character and she even went further with reputation terrible album but i understand and appreciate the aesthetic direction and choices that were made I don't I don't really support reputation and I like to pretend that one doesn't exist just I because forget, yeah I just forget by accident all the well, time. Well, <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, Apple's is walking on my keyboard. Um Oh, that's because that's, that's pure. It's very cute. She just meowed it to the microphone, but I don't know if you could hear no, it. Oh, I missed it. Um <laughs> Um but in sorry, this is a big tangent on Taylor Swift. I feel like we could do a whole episode. Um <laughs> you can cut some of this out if you feel the need, but I feel like um reputation a lot of people were criticizing her for her white feminism and for like supporting people that she shouldn't have been supporting and the way she took it was like oh everyone thinks i'm a snake and it's like you're not listening to like the the real things that people are saying and criticizing Mm -hmm. you for so i think that was like a big mistake i think you need to calm down was a big mistake um but aside from those i think (laughs) i think we can appreciate taylor swift's career 
Yeah, because she won't she won't be forgotten. That's for sure. She is yeah. rolling out those releases and making the big numbers. <laughs> yeah, she is. She's done some really great things in her career. There's she's no. Just, yeah, there's yeah. no need for me to to uh, promote Taylor Swift on this mini podcast. Yeah, she really doesn't need it. But I'm glad that you're going back to her older stuff. I'm just I'm excited for you to um, get to Red because. That's probably my favorite. Yeah, I don't. I only know the singles from Red, and I still feel like I haven't heard them in a decade. So I'm excited, and maybe I'll even visit that tonight. Ooh, good plan. We will await an update, like Ariana Grande. <laughs> right. Uh, so who is next? Um, Rachel. I feel like yeah. I just talk too much. So yeah. <laughs> I was hard into well I'm always into watching true crime documentaries like always obviously yes um and I just decided even though I think I might have watched it before um I decided to watch the Night Stalker documentary on Netflix are you familiar I don't think so is that the one about Richard Ramirez it is okay Uh, I have a confession oh no I know I know what it is (laughs) a couple weeks ago like late at night, I texted Gabe and was like, I think I'm losing my mind because I just saw a picture of Richard Ramirez and I thought he was really attractive. It, what? No. He, he is looks like, like a demented tigger from Winnie the Pooh. I mean, like, I'm I don't know gay, so, so take that with a grain of salt. But like, mm. I... I I don't know. I was attracted to Richard Ramirez. I don't obviously support anything he's done in his career, but that is a good stance to take. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um. <laughs> on that note, he was responsible for at least 18 different um events, most of which ended in death, but some just were attacks. Oh. Uh, they ranged anywhere from young children who he would abduct, molest, and then abandon to married couples in their 60s, and he would murder them and rape them. And anyway, just a oh, real Lord. messed up guy. It was hard for them to track down because he was like his no one could figure out his his type of 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 event. Right. Because every time that there was like a, ch- a one that involved a child. They thought they were looking for a specific like child molester. And then a few days later, there would be one where a couple would be attacked and they think it was a different person because that's, you know, people tend to stick to like their one type of crime with mm-hmm. their one type of victim. Mm-hmm. And that was not this guy. So it's nuts. It's crazy. But it's a good documentary. I, like I said, I started it and I was like, did I already watch this? So I'm not sure. But he also had a, Connection to the Cecil Hotel, which was also in the Elisa Lamb one that I had watched before. He lived at the Cecil Hotel for a while. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's too weird. You should just, like, go home covered in blood to the Cecil Hotel. And people will be like, hey. What a place. Sounds fun. What a place. Anyway, I recommend for anyone who hasn't, you know, been really familiarized with the story. And even if you are, just it's a good documentary, so... I feel like like obviously this one is like super well known but I feel like for as much as I like true crime I'm not super um like familiar with the details of this case well it's a long case well I mean to be fair it was really only through I'm looking on the 
Wikipedia right now. It started June 28th in 84 and only went till August of 85. It was like a year. Oh. And that was 18 different like situations oh my that goodness. happened. But not every situation was one person either. Some of them were two or three. Whitney, <laughs> what are you into this week? Um, so I recently reread a book that I feel like I've talked about like a million times already. I probably talked about it on the podcast and I've definitely talked about it on my channel, like in every video. Um, and that is Red, White and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. Um, super popular. It is an adult romance between um, the fictional Prince of England and the um, son of the first female president of the United States. Hmm. And it is so juicy. It's kind of enemies to lovers. They hate each other. And then there's like this whole like secret relationship, obviously, because they're two like political figures. And then um, the main character's mom, the president of the United States, is coming up. It's set in 2020. So for re-election. So there's like this big scandal, obviously, when he's like seen with Prince Henry of England and... She's running against, like, a fictional Trump, essentially. Um, oh. And there's, like, an email scandal. Like, there's a lot of parallels between, like, Clinton and Trump and this book. But it's, like, if Clinton won and if um, Clinton was a little better. <laughs> well, that sounds juicy. Um, it is so, so juicy. I highly recommend it. It's, like... I've read it twice now, and it is, like, probably my favorite romance that I've ever read. And you know I love my romance. Um, it's just so, like, in-depth. It covers a lot of issues. And, yeah, the characters are very nicely fleshed out. And it's just a very healthy, beautiful relationship. Casey McQuiston has another book coming out in May, which is a female-female romance called One Last Stop. And I am so excited. And that is all I have to say. But I want more queer romance in my life. <laughs> well, speaking of queer romance. Yes, that fits in perfectly. Watch? That was Perfecto. Um, I actually, confession, didn't know this movie existed until Gabe was like, you should watch this movie. Except for the fact that I was in it, but then I was busy and never watched it. I think I just found it by, at one point, many podcasts ago, I was just looking up Kate Winslet movies. And this was like her newest one. And I didn't know what it was. So I clicked it and then saw more things about it. And I thought that's an essential watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um. Uh, oh, sorry. No, you go. Oh, I was just gonna say what the movie is. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, no, um, go for it. Yeah, so we watched Ammonite, which came out in 2020 and was directed by Francis Lee. Um, and this was an independent movie. It stars Kate Winslet, aka Rachel, in her mm. her active acting career, um, yes. and Saoirse Ronan. And I will read the synopsis really quick, and then we will get into it. Um, so. 
In 1840s England, paleontologist Mary Anning and a young woman sent by her husband to convalesce by the sea develop an intense relationship. Despite the chasm between their social spheres and personalities, Mary and Charlotte discover they can each offer what the other has been searching for, the realization that they are not alone. It is the beginning of a passionate and all-consuming love affair that will defy all social bounds and alter the course course of both lives irrevocably. Irrevocably? Yeah, that's how I pronounced it. And then I looked up how to pronounce it right before this. And then it screwed me up because I don't think that's how it's pronounced. Irrevocably. Anyway. That word. Yeah. (laughs) I, all in all, in like one brief statement, I enjoyed the movie. It was Mm -hmm. very aesthetically pleasing. I want to go to that beach. But also, there there wasn't really much story it was just kind of like day-to-day life and then boom and then it was done like yeah i guess i could see it yeah this is my favorite time period for any piece of media love historical fiction 1800s england fuck me up that's all i need Mm -hmm. um and then you add some queer women into the mix and it sounds like it should be the perfect movie um but I I don't think it was. What did you Why? think, Abe? Oh, well, I I was just reading reviews of this movie as well, and a lot of them are saying the same thing. Um, I really felt like there wasn't much chemistry between the main characters, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so... I am a queer woman, so I look for media that involves queer women. This is like, like on paper, this should be everything that I want. Um, But I don't know what it was lacking, but it just felt like they didn't have anything to bond over. It felt like there was no buildup and it was kind of like instantly, oh, oh, they're having sex. Okay. Which is fine if that's all it was, but it was like... There was a lot of buildup for that. I don't think there was. Like, there was a lot, but there wasn't any communication. There wasn't, like... Well, I guess what I mean is there was a lot of buildup, and then it happened when you didn't think it was going to happen, and then afterwards it was like, wait, what? Like, what's going to happen now? Do I care? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, that's like exactly I, how I feel. Yeah, because like you said, like there was little chemistry between them. So at that point, I was like, okay, though, but is this official? Like, what's happening? What are they doing? How do they feel? They, they were both two characters of very few words, and that did not work to the movie's advantage. And I'm, I was really hoping for uh, Kate Winslet to deliver an Oscar-worthy performance because I thought it was perfectly setting her up for that. But the amount of like, I know my, maybe it's just based on like the person and what we know about them. But like she didn't she, she didn't speak like ever. And her blank, yeah. her blank facial expression, it was totally a character like it made sense. But I just think as the main character for this movie, like I had no connection. I didn't understand who she was like. I, I just wasn't like in, in it with her. <laughs> yeah I like fully 100% agree with that like it just felt like there wasn't much substance at all 
Um, but it also didn't feel like it was like a character driven romance either. It just kind of, it almost seemed convenient for them. They were just kind of like, we're both like not in a good place and you're attractive and this can happen, but then you're almost supposed to feel like heartbroken when they can't be together. And you're mm-hmm. like, yeah, but like you didn't even really care. Yeah. It's like, it, it gave me nothing to care about. I didn't care about the characters. I didn't care about the relationship. Um, there was no, there was really not much like pushback. There wasn't much in support of them. Like there was, it was just, it happened and I watched it happen and it was over and I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, and the ending was like so dramatic too, with them just like standing there staring at each other. And I was like, yeah, I feel nothing. I, am I dead inside or was there no chemistry? <laughs> yeah no i agree i think i think we definitely were intended to just observe these events that were taking place because it was like the movie didn't offer you very much in terms of like little little tidbits to think about or like hold on to and put together in your head it was just kind of like you were observing these things happen as they were and then you were left to just go okay i guess this is happening now okay all right wow yeah nice and the thing is too is you could tell that um kate winslet's character had was so passionate because of the way that she tended to the fossils and the and the stones is that the right word or am i being disrespectful to the rocks i (laughs) I don't know the The rocks are definitely mad at you (laughs) yeah i'm gonna call them fossils okay (laughs) Um, yeah, you could tell she was so passionate because she loved what she did and she was so careful with her, her fossils and she would go to like great lengths to retrieve them and she knew a ton. So she was a passionate woman. But then when it came to the relationship with Sirsha's character, there was absolutely none of that. So I'm like, was it just like, like it just really did seem like a convenient, like, okay, there's another woman here. Let's, let's have some sex and then suddenly we are in love and the audience is supposed to be like obsessed with this relationship that wasn't even really a relationship because she loved her fossils more than she loved anything else. I know I know for sure that if this was novelized, it would be I mean, with any narration, whether it be third person or mm. first person, it would have oh. been pretty powerful and steamy unless you literally just bloated it with random words. Uh, yeah, this would make an amazing novel. I th- yeah, I think it. W- I think it totally would. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was um, so pretty though. Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. I think we got um, a dosage of like, like we see so many movies from this era with rich people that are you know nobility and stuff. But mm. in this case, these were like actual like low key people. That were like, you know, living in not a mansion, <laughs> which is like all we get from but these period movies. But also they weren't struggling to the point where you're supposed to be like, OMG, they're so poor. I hope they get married to a rich person. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was just kind of like, here they are living their life. I feel Definitely. Like, I feel like we got possibly, like I'm not 100% sure, but it it really did seem like historically accurate portrayal of like middle-class white people in Europe. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, these were based off of real people as well. Um, but there was no record of them being in a relationship, which I think is really interesting. And there was no um, no record of Mary Anning being into women. That was like a full director's choice, which I think is great. And I think Frances Lee said that um, like there was no record of any kind of romantic relationship that she had. So why not make it with a woman, which I think... Yes. Incredible. Why does it got to be heterosexual? So love that. Although I was disappointed that it wasn't a real, a real gay love story. But I think it would have been more satisfying (laughs) had there actually been real hints, but no, no confirmation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's a very creative choice to come up with that from a event that has no implication of a romantic relationship between those two. Like I like imagine just thinking up a historical figure and another historical figure that like cross paths. What kind of gay encounters have we not been aware of that have never been documented? Cause there must've been a lot. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Cause isn't there like a bunch of, I don't know. Wasn't a bunch of like Roman emperors and stuff. Like, aren't they all gay as fuck? There's so, so much gay history, but the textbooks just say that they were good friends. Like, I, like, I don't, I feel um, like there, there'd be a lot that would surprise me. Cause I don't think I know. The literally like Alexander Hamilton. There's evidence of him being bisexual. Um, there's evidence of Michelangelo being gay. Um, oh, I believe that one. That was, yeah. I always wondered, I was like, I don't think a straight person would make these things. <laughs> no. Like, straight people aren't good at anything. <laughs> like, the the art is so homoerotic. Like, yeah. Like, it was never brought up in class. It was just unaddressed. And I was sitting there thinking, like, Seems seems a little gay, but that's okay. That's fine. Yeah, hundred percent. And like, there's so much. Like, I feel like we could do a whole episode on like reacting to Michelangelo's artwork, <laughs> and also just like people from history that we weren't taught were gay that a hundred percent were. Oh, that's a good theme. Yeah, I would. Yeah. That would be amazing. Find a select work of fiction for one of these people. Yeah. Because there's got to be. Yeah. And so much in like, um, like Roman and Greek, like artwork and um, a lot of the emperors and stuff were gay. And there was so much homosexuality depicted that just like you don't learn about. It's just like, no, they were besties. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, yeah, they're like clearly having sex on this urn but they were just besties hmm. well maybe they were besties you can't rule that out that could be a fact True, but they they were just roommates they're just friends <laughs> i mean yeah 100 percent. but like not a lie but come on i mean <laughs> <laughs> um where do we go next with this movie is there anything unaddressed? There wasn't really a lot of plot to go over. It's true. So true. the ending was uneventful. 
there's like a lot of stuff that happened that didn't contribute to any plot, but it happened. And I think that's, those are the things that I would give credit for making me feel anything for the characters to start with. Mm-hmm. Also like yeah. the guy, her, what's her name? Yeah. So Charlotte's like husband at the beginning like he was rude yeah he sucked (laughs) like that was that was a moment and it was also kind of funny for some reason oh yeah that was a moment i i can't believe that like back in those times um when like to cure depression which they didn't call depression obviously it was just like hysteria um they they suggested no brain activity so it was like you literally just like lay in a room and stare at the wall and that was that that was your cure you you got to like leave the room for an hour a day because you couldn't do anything too exciting or it would like make you even more sad (laughs) i'm into that yeah i I wouldn't say that i don't think i'm into that i wouldn't say that's a bad idea the thing is no but like you couldn't do anything like you couldn't read you couldn't like everything catch up on your sleep forever like have you have do you know like my problem is that it would have to be forever because i feel like if you're only doing that in in doses of several days at a time as soon as you come back to the real world and have to do anything it would just hit you like a like a a truck immediately so it's either you got to choose forever or an incredibly small doses which i would just call meditation but that as we know is not exclusively a depression cure and it does not cure depression by itself (laughs) well neither does laying in a bed and doing absolutely nothing that is the opposite of what you need like i some days it helps that's why i'm saying this yeah they just wanted you to embrace your depression which i mean like let's do this let's be depressed long term it's like the 1800s like kill me anyway like i will outright say I am speaking on this from experience. Yeah, like I understand because <laughs> I've done that too, but not forever. And like laying in a dark room staring at the wall makes you feel worse. I love it. Yeah, I kind of I well, need you it. you both need to read the yellow wallpaper and maybe rewatch Mother Gabe. Why does then- that, what does that have to do with lying in bed and looking at your surroundings? That was the same thing. She wasn't allowed to leave because she was depressed. But she had a big house and she was painting in in Mother and things. So she wasn't trapped in a room looking at a wall. But it was like the same premise. It was based on a yellow wallpaper. Being trapped in a house, though? I mean, lit. You never have to leave. You guys are both insane. Quarantine. That's (laughs) like what we're doing. I'm actually super in, I mean, COVID sucks and it's horrible and the people died. It's bad. But the quarantine, I'm not hating it. Yeah, but you can't read. You can't watch TV. You can't talk to anyone. You can't look at your phone. You can't hang out with your dogs. I mean, like that part, I could do short term. But what, that, that was the, the cure like a couple long weeks. term. Well, I guess. The no, main... I would want like at least don't leave the house can be long term. Well, well, here's the thing no, that, that I guess not... Whitney is trying to point out is like. If it's 
your own decision, it's fine. But if it's forced upon you as treatment, it's probably not fine. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And like, you would not make it your own decision to literally stare at a wall 24 seven. I mean, like, and nothing I would, else. I would for no, like up wouldn't. to 48 I hours. You, you would not. Like t- you can't clean. You can't look at your phone. You can't oh, talk to no, anyone. I went on like a like a at home bender for like a month and didn't do anything, and it was great. Yeah, like what do you? Th- you did some things. No, I didn't even clean up my dog's poop. Like when we're working, what do you think we're doing? I don't think that was great though. When we're well, not working. working, when we're not working, I mean, what do you think we're doing? You're not staring at a wall. I would say a lot of time might be spent staring at a wall. 100% no. I the have amount seen, of time. I have seen your Final Fantasy hours, Gabe. Uh-huh. That's, that is almost literally staring at a wall when it's you translate not, it, it to real life nice. things. I mean, true. And you're just, you're. I'm looking I mean, at a screen in a chair stationary. You might as well be looking at the wall. <laughs> no, you're not allowed to look at a screen. Well, some days I'm, I do need a 48 hour break. Where no one talks to me and I don't think about anything. And I like a good prolonged nap for like three days. Some weekends and like I think this weekend honestly is kind of shaping up to look like that. Yeah. That's kind of oh, what I did both, today. This has been Blanket Ford Books and we have depression. Yeah. What a great place to end it. No, we have a question. Oh, we oh, do. Yeah. I hope it's about depression. Uh-huh. It's not because you guys are incorrect. And I want to like Russian sleep experiment, you guys. Ooh, I don't know what that means, but like, okay. It's like the creepy pasta where they were like forced to just like sit in a room and they weren't allowed to sleep. Oh, no. Oh, I and they would, went crazy. I'd sleep in like three seconds. No, no sleep, no brain activity, no dream. <laughs> okay, but I'm still going to sleep. Um, what was my question? Oh, okay. So if you guys could start a movie that was similar to this, um, where you were just one-on-one with another actor, who would it be? It doesn't necessarily have to be a romance, but just because there weren't very many characters in this movie at all, it was basically just two actors and some background actors and a few other people. I'm not discounting anyone's roles. No, no, there are no small roles. Um, I would definitely do Kate Winslet because there would be two of us on screen. Okay, no Kate Winslet and no Saoirse Ronan. What? Oh, okay, Meryl Streep. What would the movie be about? Oh, crap. Was that part of the question? Uh, um, I would be her as her younger self. And we talk about life. I don't know. I haven't thought this far. (laughs) It was really cute because I went into like a little hole where I was watching um, all the interviews that Saoirse and Kate did, um, which were all obviously over Zoom because this came out during quarantine. Um, 
And the way they talked about each other was like so cute. Like in one interview, interview, Saoirse said that like Titanic was her favorite movie when she was a kid. And she was like, who would have thought when I was eight eight years old that when I grew up, I'd be kissing Rose. And like, I thought that was Mm. so cute. And like Kate, like was such a big fan of Saoirse and said that like every time they ran into each other, she would like embarrass herself in front of her. So I just think it's so cute that they finally made a movie together and they were both such big fans of each other. That is really cute. I feel like that'd be so intimidating, though. Especially with the level of intimate that this film got. True. No time for nerves. Yeah. Gabe, who would you start with? Um, I, f- I feel like I, I misunderstand part of this question. Did Did you say I have to be someone in a movie or pick someone to be with in a movie to be with like just one-on-one basically for the entire movie oh (laughs) were there any parameters about what kind of movie this was no it can be whatever you want oh okay because that's that's just the part that i don't want to be hung up on and think about for too long so i guess just in general what would be fascinating um like basically who would you like want to like work with intimately? Oh, intimately. No, not intimate, not like Who do it, I want to have like a sex a scene with? <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean intimately like you're really getting to know them and they're like Okay. Like and their their deep thoughts and personality and the way they portray a character. Oh, I feel like I've thought about this before. Um I'm not asking you who you want to have sex with in a movie. <laughs> yeah, that's not a, an appropriate question for the public. No. No. I thought I, I just need a moment that I will cut out of the episode. So it's kind of a last minute question. I feel like I would pick Brie Larson because I'm so like obsessed with her and I think she's so talented. And I've never been like as awestruck by someone as I am by like her acting. Mm hmm. I feel like she would be a really good choice and I would love to see her get into character. And I think she's also just like a really nice person. Like I get that vibe. Gabe, this doesn't have to be your final answer until you die. That's how it feels. It's going to be okay. I forgot. I I even had the capability to speak. Um, I'm going to pick for you here soon. Yeah, it's get like we have another episode to record. Her I know, I know, I know. Um, and it's gonna be like Alex Wolf. Huh? Alex Wolf? Why? I don't know. I feel like he kind of looks like you. I don't think so. <laughs> I think they both do. Both like Nat and Alex Wolf kind of look like you. They look like they could be your cousins. I. They look now that they're not children. They look different. And I never know which one is which. I but I don't think I want to hang out, and I don't. I don't. I'm not. I don't think that. I don't want to. <laughs> um, oh, oh. So I just thought of somebody just slipped my mind. Um, Omg, this is too much. I know this is a hefty question. No, it's not. It's just what actor would you like to work with? (laughs) It's not the only actor you could ever work with. (laughs) 
Jesus, hurry up. You're just making more uh, editing it's, it's for coming. yourself. I know, I know, I know. It's coming, though. I've almost got it. So, Rachel, in the meantime, do you want to share your entire life story? Yeah, just give me a time. <laughs> Start when I was conceived. Okay, I know a good starting point. Just throw names at me, but I think... Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, Gabe would like to do a movie with Leonardo DiCaprio. This has been... No, no. Well, you took too long. You took too long. I want to... I... It's Gabe, uh, okay, okay. and I pick Kathy Bates. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that would be kind of... That would be kind of fun. I was thinking, like, an old Hollywood guy that isn't problematic, and I just want to, like learn his last 50 years in the movie industry what about tom hanks what about like dame judy dench both of those are good okay can you say a blurb about it so it sounds like you answered the question oh no i i don't think i've earned that okay (laughs) that was so painful i want to go rip my brain out of my ear we'll accept the reality of me not making a decision but i do think kathy bates and tom hanks are are two good really good options fucking libra (laughs) (laughs) this has been blanket ford books all right i'm gonna go shadow tom hanks while he does voiceover for toy story 5 you can you can Recreate the Carly Rae Jepsen music video. Oh my gosh! That okay? That makes Tom Hanks my number one. Okay, I'm glad we've come to a decision. Uh, my name is Whitney, and you can follow me on Twitter at Whitten Wisdoms. My name is MC Hot Waffle, and you can find me at Abrams Records on and, Twitter. And I'm Gabe, and you can find me at Board Seed on Twitter. <laughs> Don't forget to hit us up on Blanket Fort Book on Twitter the episode and we will catch you next friday okay see ya bye bye